integrating account-based marketing into any type of strategy is going to deliver your highest ROI on any B2B marketing strategy or tactic you could ever put in place. A lot of people don't understand it, but I do think with anything new, there's an educational gap that has to be created. That's Catherine Mobley, the CMO at We Care Card and a digital storyteller for the Huffington Post. In today's episode, we dive deep into that educational gap with account-based marketing and try to figure out how marketers can better educate themselves on integrating things like social selling into their ABM strategy. So Catherine, how should marketers try to educate themselves and overcome this gap with all that's happening and changing today? I stay very relevant on two levels. I follow the influencers and the leaders in the market space that are doing it well. Um, Karan Hannon, the CMO of Belkin, is a great example of someone who's led a global entity, but he is also a very savvy social marketing leader. Um, Kat Cole, president of Focus Brands, is another good example of someone that manages her own Twitter account. Um, and is very engaged with her followers and users, but is also an extremely well-respected woman in business. And a lot of that transpires to good sentiment for the brand. Um, I've watched some great people from the social media component um, create really great engagement. And then I also have stayed very involved in the incoming classes as they graduate and finding some of the top talent um, and figuring out what is it that they're doing and what are they seeing on the horizon. Um, when I graduated from the University of Georgia in 1998, our project was actually to create um, a service for a product that currently existed in the marketplace and that would be revolutionary. And we actually created what is now known as Netflix for, of all brands, Blockbuster. Hmm. And it was presented to a large executive panel, and they all thought it was great, and obviously Blockbuster did nothing with it. But those kids coming out of college have some really innovative ideas and are very forward-thinking, and I know that from where I sat 20 years ago. And so I make sure to stay very relevant in that um, and find out you know, what are the tools that they're using, what channels are they using, what are they engaging, how are they engaging, and then I'm learning a lot from this new generation alpha, so to speak, um, which are my children. I want to sort of mix that idea with a little bit of what you were, you were talking about earlier, Catherine, and that's sort of this idea of social selling. Obviously, you know, you explained how Pepsi was really good at it. I'm curious, though, how you would sort of, I guess, classify how, I guess, B2B versus B2C companies are at social selling. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it's, it's a little different when your target market looks very, very different from a social selling perspective. Um, but yeah, how would you, Catherine, sort of classify the ways in which B2B and B2C uh, engage socially uh, in order to sell their products? Yeah, I think Brian Kramer has summed it up best with it's now human to human, not B2C or B2B. Um, because when you really look at it, even the B2B brands have kind of figured out that at the end of the day, their purchaser is going to be on a lot of the same channels and mediums as their direct consumer. The messaging is also obviously different. Um, B2B is definitely more leveraged, I see, from Twitter and from LinkedIn than anything. Um, but even I've kept my Facebook um, very private and now a lot of those influencers and leaders are wanting to be friends on Facebook because they actually do see value in that, which is hmm. a little bit different than I'm used to. <laughs> um, and then obviously Snapchat, which a lot of people are trying to embrace and use, and Instagram. Um, but I think you have to have that mentality of 
even though my consumers that are going to purchase this product, so let's say Coca-Cola, they're going to purchase this product, you know, at a gas station or in a, or in a restaurant. Yes, those are your end users, but you also have to make sure that you're marketing and communicating and selling to those vendors that are going to sell that product. So keeping people like Chick-fil-A and other people happy and finding those emerging markets where you might be able to find a corporate partner to work with. Um, and all of those are a lot of the times on the same channels. It's just the messaging is different. I think the biggest shift that I've seen in social selling, because I come from a traditional selling background, I grew up in the car business, which you cannot get more classic <laughs> sales than the car industry. Um, and I grew up on a showroom floor. So um, I learned the art of negotiation very young. And I think there's a huge shift now in executives accepting and realizing that what used to transpire over emails, phone calls, and handshakes now can happen a lot faster if they will engage in social media. Um, one, as an influencer or a thought leader, and then two, just from traditional engagement, um, even from a component of corporate partnerships. Um, I've made some introductions for specific brands that I, as an executive, took a look at and realized, I wonder if this company, it, which is, would be perfectly affiliated and you know work well with this company, have ever met. And lo and behold, they hadn't, so I made an introduction. Um, and I think as executives, we have to kind of look at the broader picture and realize that some of the best deals that we have may be just a virtual concept right now, but they're only one LinkedIn email away or even potentially a tweet. And that's closed the gap so much faster. Um, it was when the social selling index came out, I was shocked to realize that I had the score of 89 and nice. I actually didn't even know. Yes. I did not even know what the social selling index <laughs> was because I'm just, this is just something that's organically happened in my career. And so asked a couple of friends and they're like that's um impressive and and so i kind of dove into it and figured out why and part of it was that i have a, a very vast network but i have very good relationships in that network and i make meaningful connections that result in meaningful conversations that typically result in business um whether it's business for my company or whether it's business of making an introduction to someone else and i think you're starting to see that role of this social ceo social cmo even the social CIO and CTO turn a little bit where they're starting to realize for a long time they kind of naysayed this, you know, social media land of Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook, and now they're starting to realize, okay, it actually does have value, um, and it can it can transpire into business deals. Um, it doesn't mean that it replaces in-person meetings by any stretch. I think that's a huge proponent of actually getting business done, specifically closing deals. Um, but I think if you can build an integrated approach and even mix it in with a little bit of account-based marketing, it can shorten your sales cycle tremendously. You read my mind, Catherine. Um, I was going to go next to sort of the overlap between social selling and account-based marketing. Perfect transition there. <laughs> um, and obviously this episode is sponsored by Flip My Funnel. We'll get to yep. the panel on women technology right after this question. Um, but first I have to ask you, since you brought it up, how would you sort of classify that relationship between social selling and account-based marketing? I think it has to be kind of integrated. I think so many people have looked at marketing and sales siloed, which was a huge issue. And then, you know, they looked at it from a standpoint of just 
blind outreach or just direct outreach and email. And I think that now with tools such as Salesforce, Salesloft, Terminus, all these other tools that now you can create this actually really integrated campaign and a viable strategy to reach out to companies, to the right individuals and make the right connections and make them more meaningful and shorten your sales cycle is huge. I think that it's probably integrating account-based marketing into any type of strategy is going to deliver your highest ROI on any B2B marketing or strategy, strategy or tactic you could ever put in place. A lot of people don't understand it, so I do think with anything new, I went through this with cause funding and crowdfunding. Anytime anything new is introduced into the marketplace, there's an educational gap that has to be created. And I think the Terminus team is doing a great job of that. The book is awesome. I was there when it was delivered, and I think it gives you a very clear understanding of almost of how to guide to do this. Um, all the way down to, you know, how do you identify the brand personas of your consumers so that you have the right tonality to reach out to them so that you don't just put another tactic into place that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and I think, it, I think it's going to be a key moving forward to what I call the big black hole of email. Um, Gary Vee did a uh, um, keynote most recently in March, and he said one of the most valuable um, – things that we have now is time. And I think that moving forward, we're, he said one of the quickest ways to change the entire sales industry is for someone to figure out that the phone is obsolete and all of a sudden all those cold, call, cold calls that you do go away. Hmm. And if you think about it, that's already happened in email if you don't have some type of very strategic and tactical approach like account-based marketing because the Autobots that are out there that go through everything, and even now with Outlook and Clutter, I as an executive had have had things that were very important to me not reach me because they were going through Clutter, and even those components are broken. So I think you have to have a very focused and concentrated approach, and um, it's just. We're just starting to see the very beginnings of what this is going to be long term. And more importantly, the results it's going to have on a bottom line. Absolutely. And such a, such a great point. And I think, you know, this is obviously something that uh, is exciting because it's sort of the, the conversation is obviously uh, ongoing. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, the Terminus team is really trying to develop this strategy as, you know, something that every marketer sort of in almost every vertical can uh, can start to deploy. So certainly exciting and obviously uh, really excited for Flip My Funnel coming up here in, oh my gosh, it's next week. Wow. That happened very quickly. Um, but <laughs> um, Catherine, I, I want to hear a quick preview um, from you on sort of the panel on women in technology. Uh, what are you discussing? What are you hoping to discuss? What can our listeners get excited for? It's funny. It took me a very, very long time, and it took a very high-profile individual to help me convince that I am a woman in technology because I always thought in order to be a woman in technology, you had to write code or hmm. you know different, no different languages, and I never did. So um, I'm very, I'm very excited to now kind of take hold of that and, and realize that there's a great amount of respect for women in this industry, whether they come from a true traditional background, more of a marketing technology background, or even a really explosive sales background. Um, my mentor, Cynthia Porter, was the first ever female sales representative for HBOC before it became McKesson HBOC, and that was in 1981. And she 
is one of the best salespeople I've ever met, and I learned so much from her. And that has helped me kind of realize what, how I want to apply the principles that I've learned in business as being a defined woman in technology, and more importantly, how you take these two huge verticals and, and merge them together because marketing and sales have always been so siloed. Um, and we as women are now um, becoming more respected and having a bigger voice, and I think that's a conversation that needed to happen for a very, very long time, being that I'm in financial services and fintech is even a larger male-dominated industry than software. It's um, very niche. It's very, um, it's a big boys club, and it's been fun to be a woman at the table, so to speak. So I think we need to have that conversation around how do you gain a share of voice without, you know, rocking the boat too much and having respect as um, a obviously a different person because you're a female versus male. But I think it comes down to three key things that I'm starting to really narrow down specifically within not just women in technology, but the gender gap. And that's obviously the generation or the um, gender issue. The generational issue of a 55-year-old male typically views a woman in business differently than a 35-year-old male, and that's just a generational issue. And then geographic. Um, there are multiple places within the world and obviously within the U.S. that women are viewed differently than they are in other areas. So um, I think there's a trifecta that we're going to have to work on, and we're just starting to have that conversation. We're just starting to bring women to the table. And um, I'm really excited that um, I get to watch this at Terminus a lot with Ingram's team. Um, I believe three of their key leaders are female. And I got to watch him when he opened his book, hand Lauren the actual copy to help co-sign it because she typed the book and wrote the book for him. Um, and that was impressive to see someone respect and appreciate that even though she wasn't necessarily the forward-facing part of the brand, she was a huge component of that. And I champion Terminus a lot for that because that's the type of leadership that we need to propel women in technology. Absolutely. I love that. And I think that's a great point. And uh, uh, such a, I had no idea about, uh, you know, Lauren co-signing the book. That's so cool. She's uh, so great. I always wonder, too, with with co-writers, how that how that all works out. But uh, that's so exciting to hear that uh, they sort of work together and co-sign the book. Um, that's awesome, uh, Catherine. Well, I, I want to hear, I guess, your thoughts, too, on how, for example, your kids, I guess the alpha generation or however you want to title them, will they sort of view women in technology differently than maybe uh, they're viewed now? What are your thoughts on sort of how this issue is evolving sort of over time? I absolutely think they do. Um, I had one of the most amazing things happen to me just this past January when my son was asked to write uh, I Have a Dream speech, so to speak, for the Martin Luther King Week. Um, and he, the one person he chose to write about was I Have a Dream, and it's to be a business person like my mom. Aww. And and he's 12. And his whole component of that was how I've taken the ability to be an established thought leader in marketing and a, and a respected woman in business and, more importantly, a respected woman in you know the technical industry. I have a huge work-life balance, and, and I have a great um, you know opportunity to teach my children that you can do this, but you can also be a great parent. And it was just amazing to see that of all the people, I mean, his grandfather is a um, 
international captain for Delta. His dad is a leader in um, technology from an um, IT and server perspective. And it was just crazy that, of all things, he chose me. So I do think them, them growing up and seeing a powerful woman in business that has a great relationship with a lot of male colleagues because they've seen and witnessed that is giving them a different perspective, and it's going to help to change and shift that needle. Um, and then also there's a huge initiative to encourage young women to join STEM industries. Um, here in Atlanta, the YWCA actually has an initiative to support that, to support the young women coming up and staying within math and science and technology where they're actually thriving and really enjoying it and create, creating jobs within those industries so that it, we have an ecosystem to support those jobs for those young women as they learn these skills. Um, and that's a huge proponent of it. So I think fostering not just, you know, everyone wants to talk about millennials, but I think we actually have to go younger now because millennials are getting their voice and they're doing what they want to go to. So we've got to go to the younger generation and make sure that they're being taught and raised to accept that, you know, regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, anything, that we're all people, we all have to work together, and if we're all doing a good job at the common goal, that's what matters. Amen. Amen. I love it, uh, Catherine. Phenomenal, uh, you know, note to end on here. Uh, so I guess how can our listeners just find out more about you, uh, We Care Card, and uh, what you're going to be talking about at Foot My Funnel? Obviously, you can follow me on Twitter. I have a little bit unique spelling to my name. So it's Catherine, K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E, Mobley, M-O-B-L-E-Y. Um, you can also follow We Care Card, um, and you can follow that at WeCareCard.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn um, and obviously follow hashtag flip my funnel um, and just make sure you keep a close eye on tournament because I do see, I see a very bright future for this organization um, and I'm very supportive of their initiatives for women in technology and just the sales process overall and what they're doing. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely fantastic. Well, uh, thank you again, Catherine, for joining me today. Uh, like I said, a great interview. Super excited about getting this episode out, and I uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. If you are listeners would like to find out more about B2B Nation's Marketing Edition, check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Twitter. Give us a follow or subscribe. Just let us know you're there. Thanks for listening.